This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Well, it looks like we're in episode number 63. 63. 63 and counting, John. We're still in the uh, series, uh, sermon series, Unlocking the Secrets of the Christian Life. Yeah. And this week was When Perseverance Ends. When, when it ends. Yeah. By the way, my mom told me she's listened to, she listened to the last episode. She, she did. said, no, I've listened to all 62. She said, did she email? She emailed me. Yeah, I was going to email her back. She emailed the podcast email address. Yes. So and I was, we at least got one. I was going to email. Well, I was going to email her and tell her send us some questions. Send us some questions. Yeah. yeah. Send us some questions about John. So or not yeah. questions. Just some stories. Some stories about John, and we'll uh, go ahead yeah. and put them on. Put them on the uh, on the next episode, or just maybe an episode just about John. Just John. That's weird. Nobody <laughs> just wants John. To, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Episodes, that will be our. The, my, not even my mom will listen to that one. That'll be She'll the bonus. Skip it. If we get to hundred, when we get to hundred, it'll be the just John episode. The just John episode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, no, but you, uh, you, you, you know, we're on perseverance, uh, ends when perseverance ends. And, um, you know, last week, you know, the, the, the we even mentioned a little bit too, the, the big Kobe Bryant thing, him passing away, which is super sad and super unexpected. But when I think about, when I think about Kobe kind of, it ties in with, with your sermon is, you know, he was obviously a very talented guy, uh, and a lot of, he had a lot of drive, Yeah, but he was a, a, a man who really persevered through, you know, just you know, that constant, you know, whenever you're an uh, incredible athlete, you have to persevere through injuries and, and pain and even putting off things that you may want to do and, and show that discipline. So there was some, I mean, obviously, I don't know what his spiritual life was like, but his physical life showed a lot of perseverance and right. discipline. It kind of ties in with the, with the, what you've been talking about last couple of weeks, actually, with the, but obviously more of a, of a physical side, not necessarily a spiritual side, which obviously the spiritual side is, is the most important thing to persevere and, yeah, and endure and I, through. But yeah. And certainly, you know, when I talk about people like that, I'm never necessarily condoning, um, there's to, to follow them spiritually. I don't, I don't know any, I don't know. I know very little about Kobe Bryant's, uh, spiritual life. You know, I've heard he attended church and things. I don't know if, I don't know how often, I don't, I don't know anything. If he ate it, yeah. what impact that made on him. Yeah. But the, but the point, you know, Paul, the apostle Paul uses, um, physical pursuits as, as illustrations or examples in first Corinthians nine, for example. And, um, and, and in a very similar way that I used Kobe Bryant, as a matter of fact, as far as, you know, that, that laser like focus on accomplishing something really significant and, um, and really applying that to our spiritual lives and, 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 you know, that is like you said, the most important thing in our life. And so, you know, so, so applying that kind of a focus and making sure that we're giving our spiritual life the appropriate amount of focus. Well, in the, you kind of just brought that up is when I think about, you know, you look at Kobe Bryant and you think, you know, and I, I was, a, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I was a big Lakers fan. So I, I you know, I love Kobe. Yeah, which by the way, the Lakers... The, the just mm-hmm. think about the team name. Yeah, the Minnesota Lakers. The Minnesota. We know it came from Minnesota, which we, they won several championships in Minnesota. By so, the way. John, technically, you're a Lakers fan then too. I am a Minnesota Lakers fan. <laughs> George Mikan, baby, he's a maybe. But he, I think going back, just kind of going back to what, what I was thinking too. You know, you think about Kobe, and and I set it up as he is. A, he is obviously a great player, and you know, I don't know about his his spiritual stuff, but it kind of reminds us that you can accomplish. And like the highest accomplishments on this earth, you know, what we would say is, I mean, multimillionaire, you know, obviously he owned his own helicopter, um, you know, and he, you know, set, set records and won championships and all that kind of stuff. And really at the end of the day, 
It really doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter. It really, all, all that really matters is the discipline that you set forth, the the salvation that you find in Christ. That's really the only thing that really, really matters. And yeah. uh, hopefully he had that. You know, I don't know if he did. Um, who knows? But um, just it's a, it's a good, for me, it's a good sobering reminder that, you know what, chasing the the dollar, the fame, you know, yeah. the whatever it is, success that you're that we try to chase and sometimes get distracted with, it really doesn't matter in the end. It's, it's, the irony's really kind of rich when you think about it in pro athletes. You know, Kobe, he didn't just want to be a good basketball player. It wasn't wasn't just like, oh, I'm pretty talented in this. I think I'll do it. He was he was he was very determined, very focused, and and I think especially, you know. It, as his career went on, he, you know, he realized maybe how good he was. And, you know, then there's this search for immortality, you know, as, 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 as a person goes on, I think there's that you find this in a lot of athletes who are really, really good. And they have this desire to have some kind of, you know, immortal, uh, you know, everlasting legacy that this legacy goes far beyond their life and that they're, you know, they will set records that will, you know, never be broken. And, you know, you'll hear him say these kinds of things. Um, and, and their search for immortality on, you know, in that way really always fails if you think about it. Um, because, you know, Kobe Bryant is as good as he is, he'll be remembered for a long, long time as far as basketball is concerned. Um, but there will come a day, there will be other greats Mm -hmm. and, and Kobe's, Kobe's name will fade. He, He, you cannot find immortality in that way, the only place to find immortality or eternal life, if you will, is through Jesus Christ. And so, and so how, you know, how much more important is that aspect of our life? Yeah. And even like, if, you know, if you look back, people might say, well, no way, you know, people will know him, people will remember him. But the reality is, is hundreds of years from now, you know, I'm, I, I think that we won't be here a hundred years from now anyways, but uh, that Christ will have returned. You think so? I think so. But but even still, hundred years, hundreds of years from now, like you, it's hard to go back. Even though we know King George, the whatever is, we've heard yeah. the name, but we don't know. We don't really know. You know, you just remember it because it's a fact to learn on a test. And what does it matter anyway? It doesn't. They're matter. not here to know. It doesn't matter whether we know yeah. or not. So, you know? but it's sad though. I mean, and that, I mean, it's the, the. I mean, we obviously worry about you know care for his family and, mm-hmm. and it's sort of sad. Thing. Yeah, obviously that, and that's certainly not the point. We. You know, it's just, yeah. I think I just always, I just, in everything that I do, I, I have a spiritual uh, mindset that I always think about everything, everything, every circumstance, every interaction, because I really did. I, I kind of felt a lot of emotion when he passed, you know, sure. there's a lot of grieving. And then there's also just the reality of um, he had everything this yeah. earth had to offer and it's all gone. And he really didn't have any more than you or I in a lot yeah, of Yeah, exactly. So uh, hopefully he had, he, like you said, hopefully he was, he was a believer, but we don't know. Anyways, but we're kind of, we're moving on. We're uh, talking about, um, we're still in the same series. And, you know, we talked about it and help me out here, John. So we're adding to our faith. We're adding, we added virtue. Yeah. Then we added knowledge. Yeah. And then what? Discipline. Uh, well, no, it was self-control. Self-control. Well, we talked about discipline a lot. And, and that, that's kind and of the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and now it's perseverance. perseverance okay, yeah. cool. So I didn't miss anything. No, well, that's it. I, I was worried I may have missed one. So now we're adding perseverance to, to our faith. And I kind of like really that. really just going in order of, you know, 2 Peter, Peter 1, yeah. 5 through 7. So, you know, if you just follow that in order. Just kind of cheat. Yeah, go back yeah. and look at that. Yeah. But you, t- you brought something I thought was really cool. Um, the quiet eye. Yeah. And you said the quiet eye is so important for the athlete to rise above its competition and to establish their places as one of the best. You have yeah. to have this quiet eye. Can you break, briefly explain again what the quiet eye is for those who maybe didn't listen to the sermon? Yeah. From a, from an athletic perspective, what the quiet eye is, 
is the ability to, to tune out all the distractions, especially in that moment. You know, think, think of the golf shot. You know, you, you, know, you get that, that elite-level golfer, and the only thing that they see is that golf ball. Going in the hole. And yeah, going yeah. in the hole or going on the fairway or wherever they're hitting it. And, and it's the only thing they see. And when they take that swing, it doesn't matter what else happens around them. The only thing they, you know, it's tuning everything else out. It's, it's the ability to, um, you know, go to practice or whatever it is and, and, and tune out what's happening in your personal life so that you can focus on becoming better at whatever it is you're practicing. And that, that, that laser-like focus that that gives these athletes the ability, you know, in that moment when they're taking the game winning shot or potentially the game winning shot, um, you know, everything, everything else is, is gone. All they see is that moment, uh, and exactly what they need to do in order to accomplish that task. And that's why you have, you know, the, the truly, the true greats are able to have this quiet eye to tune everything out in that, in that moment and do what needs to be done. Um, in a way that maybe the rest of us aren't. And so, yeah, I forget her name, but the psychologist, the sports psychologist talked about, about having that quiet eye and being able to tune those things out. And I think that applies to our spiritual life. You know, is it's not so much that we're all trying to become, you know, a world-class scholar or something like that, but to, but to be able to look at, to be in the world and know what's going on in the world and uh, and and being able, being able to really focus on who God is in our relationship with Him and the mission that He's given us as the primary thing in our life, you know, you think about yesterday. So we're recording this on Wednesday, and so yesterday, you know, was President Trump gave his State of the Union address. Today, the Senate's voting on the impeachment stuff. You know, some people for some people that's a huge distraction distraction yeah. it really weighs politics can really weigh on them and 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 i i follow politics pretty pretty close fairly closely probably more closely than the average person and um and and, and so so i i can understand that weight because it does impact our lives and the things that our government is is doing and or is not doing really does impact our day-to-day lives and and the culture we live in and whether we will be a virtuous culture or not a virtuous culture. But all those things can be this distraction. And in a sense, from a, from a spiritual perspective, I need to have the quiet, I, the quiet eye, the ability to set those things aside and realize that, you know, I've, I serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And, you know, he still reigns. He still reigns. And, yeah. and I can focus on that and tune those other things out and, and trust God. Well, let me ask you. So I, you brought up politics and stuff. And you, you, are, you said you're one that does do a lot of— um, reading on that and you kind of study yeah, and you, I you follow it you follow pretty, it. fairly closely yeah I am the opposite yeah. I get so frustrated and so annoyed and so <clears throat> anxious about it and I I think what and my guess my question is is maybe what I'm trying to do in that situation is trying to protect my quiet eye because sure. it's easily thrown off in that yeah. situation. Is it wise is it wise to do that kind of stuff or do you think maybe um, I could develop so you know a little bit more, uh, you know, endurance in that kind of field? Yeah. Or do you think it's wise, or just maybe not even politics, but just other things, you know, is it wise to, to put boundaries to say, hey, I can't handle this, so I'm going to avoid it uh, because it does throw me off? I, you know, I think it's both and, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. I think you got to know yourself a little bit. Um, I would say that my, you know, like I said, I follow politics fairly closely. Um, and I know this sounds kind of weird. I did not watch the... State of the Union address last night, but I probably will watch the whole thing. I'll probably uh, go back and watch the whole thing. Um, 
just because I, I like to follow that stuff. I like to know what's going on. Um, I, I used to be, it used to get me angry. I used to get really upset. Um, and, and there were times I had to kind of back away and go, I need to just not participate. I need to not pay attention for a while. Um, for me, it's been a growth. I've grown in, in the ability to kind of, you know, I can look at things and, and there's probably, and I, and I have limits, you know, but there's, there's, there's probably times when I go, ah, that one's going to make me mad. I think I need to steer away from that, you know, or or whatever. Um, or that one's really going to weigh on me in some way. Um, and so I, so I still exercise some of that. Um, and, and you can, you need to know your boundaries. You need to know where they are, but I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's wise to ignore it completely. Mm. I think I think we need to pay some attention to the world we live in. You know, God's called us to reach that world. Um, I think there's huge opportunities when you pay attention to the world. I can engage with people outside of um, the church, outside of my Christian faith, because I pay attention and because I can make comments about things. Um, and not snarky ones. Relate, I'm talking relatable. about yeah, yeah relatable. I, I I can go and meet them where they're at. I know it might sound funny, but a lot of times. I can use a lot of those things to bring people towards Christ. And, and that's, that's my, even in those moments, that's my ultimate goal is, is I want to use the things happening in culture, um, as opportunities to engage people, but bring the good news with me and either, you know, bring the good news to them and bring them towards Jesus. And, and there's, there's lots of opportunities to do that. And so I think that's, for me, that's part of how I interact with, with, with the world outside of church and Christianity. Mm-hmm. So it's not, yeah, like I, I would agree with that. It's, it is a both and. And I think for me, you know, maybe I do need to, you know, I'm not overly worried about the fact that I don't get too into politics. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe it'd be okay if I were, you know, I think it's, it's we avoid the storm sometimes because we're afraid of our reaction, yeah. you know, but sometimes God wants to put us in the storm yeah. so that we can react to him, yeah. you know? And I think the reality is when I find myself, when any of us find ourselves where we're frustrated or we're angry or, we're angry or whatever it is, you know, if if we should, you know, put up boundaries, obviously that's maybe a healthy thing. But in a lot of ways, that's the perfect time to say, I'm going to bring this to you in prayer. I'm yeah. going to get my quiet eye right now. I'm going to focus on you yeah. and I'm going to push through this and I'm going to I'm gonna be looking at you the whole way through um, as I go, th- yeah. you know, through these waters. But yeah. But, um, but but I would say this, that if you find it, if it's, if it's something that really does distract you, it affects your attitude towards Jesus and, and it takes you away from your faith, then obviously you need to tune that out for a while. Somehow, yeah. yeah. And so you can handle it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't really have a, a super big question, but my heart was kind of led this direction. So I'm going to go that way anyways. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been drawn to, I don't, you know, I don't read a lot, John, but I like the premise of Max Lucado's book, Traveling Light. Yeah. Which I've not read. So. No. And so, but I've always, it's always appealed to me because it feels like you know, we tend to overload our lives with a lot of distractions, you know? Yeah. I think the, the quiet eye really hit me a lot of just mm-hmm. being able to focus and rule and tune everything else out. And I think that's kind of a cool idea, just the, the mentality behind that book of, you know, I'm just going to cut some stuff out. You know, I, yeah. think, I think we have so much, so many distractions in our life and there's so many things to chase and the wind's blowing in every direction. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just kind of nice to say, you know, what, I'm going to I'm going to quiet my eye. I'm going to focus on a couple of important things and I'm not going to let the other things distract me. And I think I just, I don't know, just kind of that, that book just came to mind. So there's no question really in there, but just uh, throwing that out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think there's wisdom in that. Um, the world can impose its will on us in a lot of ways. And in, in a lot of times it comes in, it, it can come in really good things like causes, good causes. And I can't, I can't take on every single cause, um, even, even worthy ones. 
and and to be able to go look i'm just you know i'm gonna i'm gonna limit what i do in life so that i can i can focus on the right things i that there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom in that and um you know having priorities and boundaries and all that helps you so i you know i didn't read his book but i think i think that makes sense you know what what are the things that i really care about that i'm going to do mm-hmm. uh and accomplish in my life instead of trying to accomplish everything i think it helps with that with that, having that focus yeah you know um in your sermon, you talked about suffering and how it's required for perseverance. I did. Um, if we have a spiritually quiet eye, does suffering affect us differently? And then vice versa. If we don't have that spiritually quiet eye, this, does it affect us differently? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't know if I know the answer to that question. I think suffering refines us, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you talk to, you know, just to go back since we're, you know, talking about Kobe Bryant athletics and things like that you know it's it's interesting to watch how um how how really suffering can can focus a person on on something whether it's recovery um I mean we've heard all kinds of stories about uh you know guy loses his legs in war or something becomes um you know a double amputee or something and I just read a story about this as a matter of fact last week read a story about this guy who, who started doing Ironmans with, you know, he's a double amputee and he's, uh, doing iron, Ironmans now. And it, it's, it, it focused him on, I'm going to accomplish this, to, this goal and this task. And, um, so did he suffer? Yeah, but it refined him in, in a way that is, um, really pretty amazing. And, and we, we see those stories all the time, whether it's Michael Jordan, Jordan having the flu and being, you know, sick and then putting up 40 pound, 40 points that night or whatever, you know, like those things can happen. And I think in, in life, the, the suffering that we experience refines us. And so I don't think we should run away from it. I think, um, and in our spiritual life, that's true as well. We, we experience loss. And when we experience loss, we have two, we have, we have a choice to make. We can either get mad at God or reject God or say God doesn't exist or something along those lines. Or we can realize that God is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And even in the midst of that, he has a promise and that for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, he'll work those those things out for good. Um, that that is an aspect of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That that is, that is something that, that God uses to refine us so that we can glorify and honor him in a way that maybe we haven't in the past, even if we can't see it at the moment. So I think it's really important when we experience suffering, whatever it is, whether it's persecution because of our faith or it's just suffering that that lots of people experience due to loss or medical things or whatever the case might be, um, I, we should we shouldn't run from it. I, I not that we should seek it out, but we shouldn't run from it. Mm-hmm. We should we should realize that um, this will the uh, benefit of it. It, it. There's a there is a benefit to it, whether you can see it at the moment or not. I think knowing that and knowing that God will use it in your life, will help you to endure it. Mm. You know, I, when I think about that question, um, there's times in my life where you, you have that really, I guess I'm changing the quiet eye, but just the focus on the Lord. Like you you have a yeah. good time of, you know, spending in the Word with Him or yeah. there's a great worship song. All of a sudden you walk out into the world and you get hit with a, a, a problem or a, a piece of suffering or whatever it is. And you're still, you got that intensity still, you're still focused. It's almost like you just shake that off. Yeah. You know? I think that's really true. But when you're having those, if you're not in the word for a while or whatever, you're kind of like frustrating your sin. And then all of a sudden that same problem or that same piece of suffering comes, it really seems to, sh- to shake me up at least. It throws me, throws me to the ground. I get really frustrated or even more, I spiral out of control. Yeah. You know, I think it's, you know, so, I mean, when we are laser focused, you know, on God, yeah, 
then the problems don't seem to bother us as much. Or like you even said, we even see the suffering as cool. This is going to refine me. I'm all, well, I don't know about cool. But yeah. yeah. But in some ways, like sometimes you do, you know, you might appreciate it. And like, yeah. okay, I'm going to use, I'm going to use this. It's going to make me stronger. It's going to refine me. It's going to make me more mature my faith, closer to God. So I think it's, it's just weird how just having our eyes on Jesus does really affect the outcome of our day. Yeah. And I think it allows us to, when we, we can, when we can literally put our future in God's hands, um, and that sounds so cliche in a lot of ways, like, oh, just put your future in God, just trust God. But there's there's an aspect to that that's really significant, really true. And that when we can truly put our future in God's hands, we can just focus on what's right in front of us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about a week from now, or a month from now, a year from now, 10 years from now. Let's just, let's just handle what's right in front of us. And my, my son uh, can get real, when he gets tired, and a lot of people experience this with their kids. He gets tired and he's trying to do homework. Like, he'll just melt down. Like, he just can't. Because he sees the entire homework like he sees it all yeah instead of going okay what's the one thing i have to do well i have to do this one math problem that's right in front of me i'm just going to do that yeah that's all i'm going to do i'm just going to do the one math problem and then he gets done with it okay now what do i do next oh i do number two Mm. you know and to and to be able to to trust that god is in control of our future and go here's the here's the one thing that's right in front of me i'm gonna just i'm just gonna do my best to handle that I'm going to trust God to work out the long-term stuff. I'm just going to do my best to handle this in a God-honoring way and, and, and glorify Him in the midst of, the, of, of this one storm that I'm in right now. I'm just going to handle that. And I think that that really helps us. And I think that a lot of times when people struggle with, um, especially people who've had multiple experiences that have been difficult, if they can break it down and go, I, I don't need to figure everything out. I just need to, I just need to trust God for my future. I'm just going to handle the one, the very one thing that's right in front of me right now. I'm going to break it down to that one thing. Yeah, because I think, it, yeah, the focus gets gets uh, skewed and then we're all, yeah. everything's everything's and, overwhelming. And I think that's the discipline of in the spiritual life too, to go back a week, you know, and talk about discipline. I When I, when I, when I read scripture, sometimes I get, you know, I shared, I, I get really, I want to get on with my day. Like that, my I want to jump in and get stuff done. Like that's that's kind of my personality. Like the first thing I want to do is open up my computer, see if I got any new emails I got to answer, and you know, like just right and right into the day and and whatever. And what I've what I've grown to to realize is that um, I just need to I need to do the one thing that's the probably the most important thing. Nothing will if I don't do it, nothing's gonna fall apart. I could skip it. The problem is I'll skip it today and then I'll skip it tomorrow and then I'll skip it the next day. Right. And then I'm, then I'm skipping it all the time. I'm not doing it at all. And so it becomes that, that daily routine of going, I just need to read this scripture, spend this time with Jesus and, you know, and go through the discipline of doing that because that's the foundation upon which everything else is built. And all that stuff will still be there when I get there. Hmm. John, is there a difference, you know, with suffering, is there a difference between self-induced suffering as a result of sin or just folly and suffering allowed by God. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. but God uses all of it, mm-hmm. right? Even the self-induced stuff. Okay. You know, you, okay. I messed up. I, I brought this into my life. Um, God's still going to use that to refine you. God's going to use the stuff that just, there's, you have no control over. It just happens. Um, disease, loss, natural disaster, whatever it is, you know, God, God will use that too. And so I, I don't think we should necessarily approach them that much different. Um, you know, so one might be because of our own sin or because of a bad decision we've made or whatever. And we can certainly go, oh, well, let's not sin anymore. Let's not make bad decisions or I need to repent. Of course. Um, 
you know, but, but what's the lesson in all that? I'm, I, God's refining me. He's using me. Um, He's not giving up on you. Yeah. The, the suffering is the suffering that I experience, whether it's self-induced or from outside of myself, um, is, is, is purposeful. Yeah. I, I've had situations in my life where I've inflicted suffering on myself or whatever consequences in my life. Yeah. And then God has refined me through those processes. Yeah. And I, and I look back and I go, would I change it? Weirdly? No. Yeah. I'm glad I did that. You know, I'm glad I went through that because, because he taught me something new and it's, right. that's the beauty. I think, you know, I always tell people, you know, when they're in the midst of just feeling the overwhelming, you know, remorse for what they've done. It's like God, God can redeem. Right. And he'll, and he'll do, he'll do stuff with that. Just learn from it. Yeah. Don't, just don't make the mistake and, and learn from it. Exactly. Right. Um, do you think, do you think God inflicts suffering? Do you think he allows it? Or do you think it's a combination of both? Yes. 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 Combination of both. You think yeah, he does inflict it? Yeah. I think, well, I mean, scripture talks about in, in some different places that God, you know, brought suffering upon people in a variety of ways, whether that's through his judgment for sin or, or, uh, even, even if his, even if the goal is, um, to refine, to refine, I think, I think can God bring some kind of suffering? Sure. Um, but suffering, the problem is that we view all suffering as evil. And I think that's a mistake. I think, I think some suffering can be good. Um, and, and, you know, even the suffering itself can bring glory and honor to God. Um, especially if it comes in the, in the form of persecution, for example, when we, when we glorify and honor God with our life and, and with the decisions we make and the, and the words we say, and all of a sudden we're being persecuted because of it, God's glorified in the persecution as well. Mm. Um, and that's a form of suffering. So I think the, the suffering itself can sometimes be God honoring, um, and, and I think that that helps us to understand the pur- purpose of our life is not to avoid pain and to maximize pleasure. The purpose of our life is to glorify and honor God, and and whether that's in pleasure or pain. And so, and so, if we're doing that, then we're we're accomplishing the purpose of of why we exist. And so, I think it's important to understand that and not to view suffering um, as as inherently evil. It's the result of the fall in a lot of, a lot of times, um, but God, but that doesn't mean God isn't using it for good. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you then, John. How do we handle so if we see if we see suffering as a kind of a good thing in a lot of ways? Yeah, not always, but in some ways, if we see somebody that is suffering, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, there's different variables, but how do we handle that? I mean, should we help them? Should we just you know encourage them, stand off, you know, lift the burden for them? Um, I'm sure the answer is very vast, but. Anything jump out at you? Well, I mean, you know, yeah, we should not. Here's what we should not do. When we see people suffering, we should not avoid them or ignore them. You know, we that's that's a that's an Eastern, you know, Buddhist kind of uh, approach to, to or Hindu Hinduist kind of approach to suffering where it's like, oh, well, they must they must deserve that because of karma or something, karma or something like that. And so we've got to let them suffer. Otherwise, you know, they won't improve their karma situation or whatever. Karma's going to get you too. Yeah. yeah. Karma's going to yeah. get me because I interfered. You know, that's, that's not a Christian idea. Okay. Um, so we should always, when we, when we are able to come alongside somebody to suffer with somebody, you know, uh, to mourn alongside, uh, alongside somebody else, you know, the pastor Ecclesiastes talks about, you know, how it is good to enter the house of mourning. And, um, you know, Jesus talked about the Beatitudes, you know, you know, blessed are those who mourn. And, and so there is a, there is a sense of, of, of coming alongside one another and, and, and mourning with those who are mourning. It talks about that. Is it uh, Romans 
13, I think, where it talks about that. Um, and, and so there's, there's this idea of mourning with people, suffering with people who are suffering. That's a good that's a good thing, and that's what we should do. And if we can alleviate it in some way, we should. Now, there are times, you know, think like being a parent. Yeah, I was going to ask you about where that. Where I don't want to like... Take it all away. I don't want to take it all away because God's doing something in that, right? And so, or or my son is learning a lesson in that. And so, um, you know, he experienced some disappointment recently. And, and it's okay. He, I'm not going to just remove it. Yeah. He needs to work through it. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through it with him. But he needs to work through it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the suffering away. I'm just. I'm just going to help him walk through it. And so there's always ways we can minister to people who are who are suffering. You know, we should. I, you know, I, I say don't get political at all. You know, but I was watching. I was watching a thing, and and uh, and it made me think because I don't know if you, I don't know which candidate it was, but you know, they're always everyone seems to be pushing for removing student debt. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there's the one father who got really frustrated about the fact that he just paid off his daughter's student loans and all that kind of stuff. It was Elizabeth and Warren. That was the candidate. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And then the father was saying that, you know, I'm, I I'm angry. Up. I paid I paid and did all that kind of stuff. And he's really angry that that he wasn't um, going to get a credit or anything or, or get a reimbursement for the money he paid. Yeah, my buddy bought bought a boat or whatever it was. Exactly. And, and I and, was working you know, hard. But yeah, I think, and I was working know, hard. And he, I think he wanted the, the money back. And, and I think... The lesson there is, and I, and I just paid my my last student loan uh, last last month, and um, I wouldn't. Congratulations! I thank you. I don't think I would want you know, even if you were to say, "Here's the you know forty thousand, whatever I paid." Here's a, you know, it'd be nice to have that, but I like the lesson that I learned. You know, yeah. I don't mind the fact that I that I paid for a student loan. It doesn't bother yeah. me because. It, it taught me about debt. It taught me about um, discipline and owing and being a borrower and all that kind of stuff. And, and nothing's free in life. And, and I learned a lesson. I don't want you to take it away from me. And I, I'm glad that I went through that suffering. Yeah. And I think it's um, I think it's just so important that we kind of do it, you know, embrace it. If you were to lift that debt from me, what I wouldn't I have learned? learned anything. I wouldn't yeah. have learned anything. And I think it's it's good to, you know, give me a lower interest rate. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll take that, you know, but um, and maybe some help here and there. But I don't want the, the debt fully removed. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, that father may, you know, he, what he did was a good thing. And he and his hopefully his daughter. Well, and you know what? And, and here's the reality. And I know he was upset in a lot of ways when he had the interaction with Elizabeth Warren. But here's here's the reality. He taught his daughter a good lesson. Yeah. He taught he taught her the right way to to do it for, you know, I mean, it, it was a good lesson for his daughter. And, and I think that, you know, I, when, I, I don't think we should get so mad about fairness, you know, our, our, our perception of injustice. Um, we sometimes, that's just not fair or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, my mom, my mom said, Hey, life's not fair. Get over it. That was yeah. kind of her thing. Right. Hey, yeah. John, stop kissing up your mom. Just cause I know. you know, she's I know, listening. I know. I know. I, I got to stop doing Hi, that. Kathy. But, it, but it was a good lesson. Life's not fair. Quit worrying about whatever's going on with everybody else. Maybe they get breaks. You don't. So what? Mm-hmm. That's not, if you think it's all about what the breaks people get, you don't understand the world very well. Um, and so I, I, I think we shouldn't be so concerned about what's fair. Um, you got a debt, pay it. You learn. You learn. Yeah. You know. Well, I think honestly, I think it's better to do that. Absolutely. Than to get to get it taken away. Or or hey, go to school without going into debt. You're like, yeah. You can't do that. And it's like yeah yeah you can. I know people who who have done it very recently. And you gotta be creative and work. You gotta hard. be creative, and it might take longer or whatever else, or or maybe you need to choose a different career or whatever whatever the case might be. I, you know, but. Here's the reality, and and whether you're for the government, take you know whatever you think they should do about student debt. I'm not saying it's not a problem or whatever. I don't want to get political, but the point is, 
Um, you know, when we when we uh, think that government is what is going to alleviate our all the suffering and bad things we have in this world, we're putting our faith in the wrong thing. Yeah, that's and true. I think that's really important for us to understand that this is those are such small problems mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. That is honestly, yeah, wow, that's kind of a, that you said that. It just, you know, we do feel like we're under the pressure and the weight of so much as a society. Yeah. And we're screaming out to the government to lift it off us and to take it away. And the reality is they can't. Yeah. They can't take it away. Um, they, they cannot remove human suffering. No. And that's we a need, result of the fall, and it's here until Jesus sets up, the, you know, the new mm-hmm. heavens and the new earth. Until, we need to dig out. Yeah. You know, we need to dig out or lift ourselves out from it, our own selves yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, wow, I wasn't expecting to go that way. Uh I was thinking, John, my mind just blanked for a second here. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, when it comes to, I wasn't expecting this one either. The irony of, you know, we love the whole working, you know, that we learn a lot through working through and not having anything given to us per se, you know, Mm -hmm. and we push through it. But then this this gift of salvation is free. Yeah. And the gift of grace is free and there's nothing you can do. It really kind of, I can see why we struggle with that. Yeah. Because there is, but either God does, it seems like God's saying, no, I want you to to work through this. I don't want you, someone to lift it from you. I want you to push through. It's going to cause growth. Oh, and, but here's this thing you can't do anything about. Yeah. You know, it's like, it almost seems you can't, little, you can't earn this. Yeah. This it seems like counterintuitive be. in some yeah. ways, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can kind of try to marry those two together. Um, yeah, well, maybe I mean, it just shows why we struggle with it. And I think we do, especially in a hyper individualistic, you know, kind of culture like, like the United States and, you know, this, this, I, I, I can accomplish everything. And, um, that kind of thing. And, and the reality is I can't, there are things I can't accomplish. I can't, I can't earn my salvation. I can't save myself, um, you know, from, from the justice that, that is due me re- related to demands, God and yeah. that God demands. And, uh, because I have sinned, I can't, I can't fix that. God, only God can fix that. But, you know, there's a sense in which when we receive that though, we work out our salvation, right? And so, yes, we can receive salvation through grace in Jesus Christ. It's not by works, right? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, so that no man can boast. So we, we can't, but he saved us to verse 10 of Ephesians chapter two is, is he, I've saved you for these good, good works that I've already prepared in advance for you to do. And so there's this idea of, of, of working out our salvation. You receive salvation by grace through the cross and the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and then you work that out. It's a, it's a working out of that. It's a perseverance that comes from, from that. We're persevering in the faith in spite of whatever comes our way, persecution, suffering, whatever. We persevere in the faith. Um, and, and that is an, assur- and, and because we persevere, uh, that is an assurance of the salvation that we've already received. And so, and so I think that that's a really important thing to understand, um, that salvation is free, but then it works its way out in our lives. And that's where the perseverance comes in. Hmm. Well, I know on your sermon, you talked about perseverance is yeah. salvation. Yeah. And you qualified that, obviously. I did. Um, but I was wondering if you can explain, because I've always struggled with some of these verses. You know, like, so like Matthew 24, you even use this one in your sermon. Yeah. Uh, says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Yeah. First um, Corinthians 9.24 says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. And I don't throw a lot at you. And First Corinthians nine twenty seven says, "No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I may not be disqualified for the prize." Now, I I feel like there's there's some you know 
passages that I've come up with, you know, or, or encountered in life where I go, oh man, um, I know I received Christ, but it feels like there's still this, like, I can disqualify myself from the, the prize or I may right. do something to where I may not go all the way to the end. You know, can you kind of explain those verses or I know not individually, but kind of where they're yeah, coming I mean, from? I mean, so I, I use this term. I used this term on Sunday, perseverance of the saints. It's a technical term. It's a theological term. It's not something I came up with. Um, it is, it is, it is a doctrine based on, on scripture. And here's, a lot of people are, might be from, more familiar with the, the term eternal security. And so the idea is that, hey, once you're saved, you're always saved. And we'll use, even use that phrase sometimes. And, um, and it's like, well, okay, so, so that's been that – I, I don't find the, the phrase eternal security helpful or the phrase once saved, always saved helpful, not because I think they're untrue. I actually think both are very much true, um, but because I, I think it, it alleviates this idea of persevering in our faith. And, and I think we find all the, all the scriptures you just mentioned are, are scriptures that lead us to believe that there is, there is a perseverance that's required for our faith. And, and here's, here's the reality, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't worry about this. All we should be worried about is loving God and working our faith out, right? And if we do that and we persevere, no matter what happens to us, no matter what the world brings, no matter what persecution, what suffering we experience, all those things, we're going to persevere in our faith. And when we are persevering in our faith, we are affirming the salvation that has already been given to us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really what that means. And so as far as being fearful, like, am I going to make it to the end? Don't worry the about fact it. That Persevere you, today. The fact that you were, like you said, worrying about that is shows something good. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not that you. I'm not encouraging you to worry about it. Yeah. I'm just saying that the fact that you even had that thought of of oh man, you know, I want to I want to be serious about my faith and, and make sure that I don't. Yeah, I want to grow. And, but it's not because you're going to lose your salvation. Lots of people have fallen. People who have have real faith in Jesus Christ and and have fallen. And and uh, you know backslidden whatever terminology you want to use they've 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 uh, sinned in some significant way, um, and then they repent. Okay, they're persevering in their faith in spite of their own bad decisions, in spite of their own sin. They're repenting. They're returning to Jesus. Jesus has covered that. That's that's salvation. They never lost their salvation. They're not going to lose their salvation. But there's a perseverance in that. Whether we whether it's, whether we experience suffering because of our own sin or just because of other things, um, we persevere in our faith through that, um, and that's that's a working out of our salvation, if you will. It's a it's a um, it's a, it's an affirmation that we we are indeed saved. We are uh, you know not going to experience what Revelation calls the second death. We are we are looking forward to. You know, being with Jesus, and then, and then eventually the new heavens and the new earth. Um, you know that will be established that we read about at the end of Revelation, and and so we that's we 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 will have that. But there is a perseverance side to our faith, but the, it's not the perseverance that earns us the salvation. It's a perseverance because of the salvation mm-hmm. that we've already earned, and that salvation doesn't go away. And I think I think you made a distinction, or you, when you when you brought up the word "once saved" or you said "real faith," I think the reality is is once quote unquote saved. What is saved? You know, because yeah. there, there are those times where you know we may cry out in, in distress. Oh, I want to believe in you, but the heart really wasn't 
completely there. Yeah. You know, there, there, no real salvation took place yet. Um, but if there is salvation, yeah. then we'll see in time, like, oh yeah, that is, it's growing. It's, yeah. it's, you see it changing. So I think it's this kind of definition. Cause I think once, you know, I think maybe in the, what we do in the church sometimes too is, you know, oh, VBS, you know, hundred kids came to Christ. It's like, right. well, we don't know. We hope we hundred kids. They heard the gospel. They responded in they some way. In some way, but we don't know if, if it really, if it really took root in their yeah. lives. Um, or you just, or just even people, you know, they come to church one, one Sunday had a bad night before and they come for the first time and they'll weep and they'll say, yes, I want this. I want this. I want this. And then they, they walk away right back and to it the next day. We don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. And so, but hopefully there is, but if, the, if it genuinely did, there's a miraculous um, salvation that takes place, then yeah. there will be some uh, fruit of that. Well, over time. Ephesians one talks about you know we're given the Holy Spirit as a, as a seal, um, and and if we've re, if we've put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and that we're sealed, that's it. We've received the Holy Spirit. You know, another phrase that that is in some ways helpful is you know if you if you have it, you'll never lose it, and if you lost it, you never had it. Um, and and I think that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you've if you're saved, you're never going to lose it. And if you've if you've lost it, then you never really were saved in the first place. And that shouldn't scare you. It should just be an affirmation. I need to continue to work out my salvation. I need to continue to work out my faith in my life. Yeah, and and like you said, when the when the stuff comes to work out our salvation, we should be excited because. When, when the when the temperature is heated up in life and the refiner's fire is going, yeah. the impurities come out of us, but we look at ourselves, are we still there? Yeah. Are we still standing? That's yeah. a beautiful thing. How are we on time, John? Oh, we're, we're, it's we're getting over. Warm. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap us up. That's okay with you. Yeah, it's totally good. Um, so we have a question from, uh, from Kathy in, in Minnesota, <laughs> Florida. She's Florida. Florida. Uh, she says, John, why are you so adorable? Oh, she didn't really Oh, is this say your that. mom? Is this your mom? Yeah, yeah she no, didn't say she that. Right. She didn't write that. Um, that is my mom. That bro. is your mom, yeah. But uh, she didn't. And she, I am adorable, you are, whether she thinks so or not. And she would uh, She would probably say it's probably from her genetics. Uh, yeah. um, any uh, additional resources you have for us, John? Uh, you know, I think actually the resource I mentioned last week um, regarding spiritual disciplines is really helpful in, uh, in, in this uh, this area as well in the perseverance area what was know, it called dis- um i knew you were gonna ask me what it was yeah, called. yeah. Well, or you can look at the, the the book from last week yeah you can look i'll, I'll, co- I'll come up with it in just a second here but but i think it's a really good resource because i think spiritual discipline is, is is also one of those things that that helps us have know, that quiet eye yeah per- yeah persevere and have that have that quiet eye so i think that um that can be reduced uh, you can reduce some of the distractions of life you can um yeah. yeah, spiritual disciplines and the Christian life for the Christian life. And who's the author? Uh, Donald Whitney. Okay, cool. All right, John, let's wrap this thing up. Hey, what's the big idea, big takeaway? The Christian life is a life of perseverance in this world with hope for the next. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.